gone for the big dog. It's like it's after he he was warming up with Treves, and then he thought, right, gotta pick the biggest fucker in the schoolyard, and I'm gonna hit him as hard as I can. <laughs> and he's just gone. He's gone in two footed on Roy Keane. The ball was there, I think, and uh, he's just he just had Roy Keane. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. It's football spin on a, a tranquil Tuesday morning. After the drama and the heartache and all the goings on of a messy Monday. Messy Monday, that's what it was. Uh, Cy Lloyd is here, Ruben Pinder is here, Naz Chowdhury is here. As there is so much to go through. We've got Jose kicking off, Everton top of the league for, for minutes, um, and then Leicester top of the league. So yeah, me- like, what do you think, messy Monday, Ruben? I mean, it's very messy, isn't it? Um the Premier League is it's obviously only three weeks in, so everyone is all over the place. But um it's Messi Monday in the sense that yeah, Messi Mondays was the name of our student night at university. Um and that was probably me- a lot of them were probably messy in Monday night football. Yeah. Go on, no, no, Ruben, Ruben, do do the voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why I did the voice off there. Nobody spoke like that in my university. It was, it was some kind of weird locks talking through smoking barrels kind of copy accent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Monday Night Football was about as messy as those nights last night, wasn't it? Between uh, Keane and Klopp. Was it? Was there Blue, was there blue uh, Wicked involved? Blue Wicked? Oh, um, no, no, come on. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Blue Wicked? I mean, it's university. It's not school, you know. <laughs> Ooh, he's graduated above uh, fucking alcohol pops now. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a drink called the Kermit though, which was green and nice. cost the same amount as, as a pint, but probably had about four different, maybe four or five different types of alcohol in it. So I stayed well clear of that because I'm, I'm one pint thinner. Anyway, football. Come on, <laughs> we, we have the Kermit in Ireland, but ours is called Fat Frogs. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. The guy that in, the guy that like brought the recipe to the bar was from Ireland and claimed that he it invented it almost in London. So, yeah, it's probably the same thing. I like the idea of a recipe. It's like three alcohol pops <laughs> combined together in a pint glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking lethal, though. So, there you go. Oh, no, listen. <laughs> They're a dangerous concoction. Anyway, I've tried to steer it back onto football so many times. Go on, Paddy. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look at, um, yeah, Messi Monday. Um, hell of a day. Um, hell of an evening and obviously coming off the back of VAR as well we will hopefully get to maybe a little bit of VAR because it's become the talking point of the weekend as well along with the handball rule but let's start off with Liverpool and like we have to start off with Jurgen Klopp I mean this is going to be the storyline of the season potentially or one of one of the big threads it's Roy Keane versus Jurgen Klopp and so well, I'll tell you what first things first let's hear exactly what Jurgen Klopp had to say when Sky Sports they linked. They, I love when they do this. They link up the studio and the manager, so the studio can speak directly to the manager. The manager can speak directly to the studio, and so it turns out that Jurgen Klopp has been listening in on the post-match analysis with Jimmy Carragher and Roy Keane. 
Did I, did I hear it right that Mr. Keane said um, we had a sloppy performance tonight? No, because I could hear you already. Did he say that? Well, I, I, think, he, I think he said there were some aspects that were. Roy, would you like to say? No, I think they gave up one or two opportunities, but they'll be disappointed. Did he say that? This was a sloppy performance tonight. I just want to not only hear it, because I'm not sure if I heard it right. Maybe he spoke about another game. Cannot be this game. Sorry. That's, a, that's an incredible um, description of this game. This was absolutely exceptional. Nothing was sloppy. Absolutely nothing. It was um, from the first second dominant against a team in form, 100% in form. And you have to be careful like hell that not eat the counterattacks. Like, I think... 60-70% of all the balls in behind were offside. You just waited a bit longer for the flag, meanwhile. So that's why it feels not great, but it was offside. So then Ali had to make one save. They had two balls in behind. That's, you, cannot, you cannot avoid that. You need a goal in these situations. Apart from that, the football we played was absolutely exceptional tonight. So that doesn't help for any other game. Not for Thursday, not for Sunday, for nothing. But about this game tonight, there's nothing bad to say. No, you're, can you hear me? Sloppy. Yes, I don't know. No, I think you might have misheard me. I said it was sloppy moments, but I think you've been outstanding. I've been giving the club nothing but praise. So you, I'm not sure you heard me correctly there. Yeah, no, I cannot because I, as I look at a, a, a speaker and only heard the word sloppy, and I thought if that's in that game tonight, then, then it was the wrong you need, one. But you need to hear the rest of it. I will watch it 100%. This is a side to Jurgen Klopp that we know we've all, we've he's always had Nas. He's always been. Um, a kind of a capable of prickliness, of saltiness or whatever. But uh, especially since the lockdown, the man has come out of his shell and has taken absolutely no shite whatsoever from Sky Sports. You know, that, that sort of face-off he had with Jeff Shreves after one of their games. First he came for Shreves and I did not speak out, but now he's gone He's gone for the big dog. It's like it's after he, he was warming up with Shreves and then he thought, right, got to pick the biggest fucker in the schoolyard and I'm going to hit him as hard as I can. <laughs> and he's just gone he's gone in two-footed on Roy Keane the ball was there I think and uh, he's just he's just had Roy Keane yeah I, I suppose in football parlance he he left something on him it was it was a reducer as Ron Atkinson used to say before he became became problematic um, no no it was it was it was great it was um, it was great television and, and and like this like you say this um, this breaking of that wall between pundits and uh, and and managers it's beautiful it's like it's like wwe you almost imagine sort of a uh clock to start slapping his face and then running off camera and then the camera <laughs> pulls him down towards the studio and and, and, the, and then they have a massive bust up uh no it's great and, and and i'm like uh that's what we want to see we love that and, and and like i think all of us were basically jamie Carragher at that at that moment because he did not he did not say a word he 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 just he just sat there and and, and watched this beautiful thing play out. Um, but yeah, like like Klopp's, Klopp's always had it, and in the, in the same way that um, Pep Pep Guardiola's always had it. And uh, I suppose I suppose it's that thing of um, of being a winner. Um, Ferguson had it as well. Like like you'd you'd get a um, you'd you'd occasionally get reporters who were trying to get him riled or or, or like or like. Uh, Obviously, trying to piss him off in in press conferences, but sometimes you just get the most innocuous comment, and you'd be like, "What do you mean by that?" Or like, is it, 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 so much of it is? I, I think so much of it is power games. It's uh, and and what I liked about the way that Klopp handled it is is like there was so much passive aggression. He never he never lost his cool, never lost his smile, but he was getting some digs in there. Is it, it, it? It's a little bit like how uh, Fergie 
um, when he was char- in charge of United. He'd 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 always do this really patronizing thing where like he'd um, no matter how how heated or how cordial the post match press con- uh, the, the post match report was with the with the reporter um, after the game, he'd he'd always sign off with "Well done." <laughs> it's, it's the most it's the it's the most patronizing sort of uh, power move to just sort of like say to the say to the reporter, "Well done." Like like I am in charge of whether this was a good interview or not, and well done. So yeah, so uh, I, I, there should definitely be more of that, and uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I know that um, I know that Ruben's got sort of uh, strong views on this, but it was just interesting how how uh, Keen reacted, um, and 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 how he sort of uh, responded to somebody actually giving it to him instead of the other way around. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't I don't particularly like Roy Keane. I like Jurgen Klopp, but Klopp can be definitely very spiky normally after a loss i don't know why he's so angry after a win because he misheard he probably misheard something roy Keane said because i don't actually think roy Keane did criticize liverpool too much if he said the word sloppy it was probably to do with the andy robertson mistake for lacazette's goal but um so there's probably a bit of confusion there but i'd really did enjoy seeing Keane absolutely shit his pants as soon as somebody tougher than him challenged him on something because i think Keane likes to um he he walks the walk but I don't think he's as hard as he as he thinks he is, and I very much enjoyed him uh, backtracking as soon as Klopp was like, "Are you calling my, Are you calling my boy sloppy?" And he was like, "No, no, no, I would never do that, Jurgen." Um, yeah. he, he wouldn't last two seconds on Messi Monday, would he? No. Oh no, no, no chance. <laughs> One Kermit, he'll be he'll be on the floor <laughs> again. That sounded very lockstock. It sounded that sounded like some kind of Cockney slang. One One fucking Kermit, he was on the floor. <laughs> Um, I suppose so here the question mark is like Keane's analysis of, of Klopp of Liverpool it seemed pretty fair and like that's the mad thing is like Roy Keane and he, he tried to say this when he sort of his stuttering response to Klopp when he loomed over him on that giant screen is like well I've actually been praising your team and he had like for like he like how could you not praise Liverpool but like the, the Robertson moment is the, is clearly what he's referring to and it was a bad moment. But, uh, I mean, what about yourself? Any sympathy for Roy Keane in this situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit frustrated because I, I'm not I'm not posh enough to have one of those tellies where you can rewind to what was actually said. And I, I, can't, I can't remember what exactly Keane said to warrant the kind of response that Klopp gave it. And uh, I, I don't know if I felt sorry. I was just disappointed, really, because I think once Klopp had given him the opportunity to, to really say something back, I think everyone was just basically the Michael Jackson popcorn meme, just waiting for it to kick off. And and Keane, as Ruben said, was almost like a little bit apologetic. And you could tell, you could tell he was angry with it because I think after it he went back and said about how um, how Klopp was sensitive, but he waited until Klopp was off the line before he said that. So I, I, I don't know. It just it just irritated me a bit that it wasn't a massive kickoff because that I think is what we all deserved as viewers, um, having gone that far down that path. Um, but I think from reading between the lines, what what Keen was getting at was that, um, as Ruben said again, it was the it was the sloppiness was was the lead up to the Lacazette goal from Robertson. But I think Klopp's point was that uh, he he'd interpret it that that it was seen as Arsenal getting in behind Liverpool so many times and. Of course, with the offside rule being the way it is now, the flag stays down until the end of the move. So it may have looked like Arsenal creating more chances than they were when actually it was just uh, a lot of offside through balls. So 
Yeah, but a little bit disappointed. Wanted more of a more of a volatile reaction from you. You'll get it. Don't worry, Sai. This it's is just coming. this is just the uh, <laughs> this is just the uh, season season opener here. Like you know, obviously you start with a bang, get people to sit up, but you don't want to give everything away in that first episode um, of Premier League season twenty twenty one. It's interesting because obviously with um, the the, fit, the head to head there between the two guys. A lot of people are focusing on that. And um, there was obviously the question mark of just how good Liverpool were and, and how good Liverpool are now because it was a very dominant performance. Obviously, Arsenal take the lead and then Liverpool like came back, so reacted so well and got on top. Actually, in fairness, um, you mentioned uh, David Jones in the in the studio. He did give Roy Keane as well the chance to assess what he thought Liverpool's chances were for the rest of the season. Keane had this. Would you expect Liverpool to defend their title? Yep. Well, I have to say that now after Klopp had a goal, me. I'm afraid to say anything. Let's hope my he... night. <laughs> Let's hope he hears that. He, like, Keane was so rattled for the whole rest of the show. Like, and, like, obviously, when you ask him about Liverpool, you really get that sense that it's still going through his mind when he says, like, what he just said. Um, yeah, what did you think about Liverpool in general and their chances for this season? I mean, I mean, first of all, on, on Roy Keane, if history's told us anything, it's that uh, yeah. in, in, in about two years he's going to get his revenge, yeah. um, <laughs> and just and just stand over Klopp yeah. on the touchline, holding his microphone, saying, "How oh, was that? How oh, was that? Was that sloppy?" Always worried Henderson's testimonial that will be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, like I, mean, I mean, the thing the thing with Liverpool is is they they have um, given teams chances so far. But I suppose the point is that they they are finding ways to win, and other teams you can see that they are struggling, and uh, th- there may be various reasons for that. Partly, uh, obviously, the the preparation for for. for uh, the new season and not really having a, a pre-season sort of a uh, regimen uh, as usual, but um, and Liverpool um, are also sort of going through that period, but they're finding ways to win, um, and 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 I, and I think that's the most important thing. It was, I think one of the commentators said something like, uh, "Oh, Leeds managed to pick Liverpool off," and it's like they did, they didn't. They scored three goals, but Liverpool scored four. Um, and 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 again, and again, like um, they found a way to win against Chelsea. Obviously, helped by, by that uh, red card. Uh, obviously, they had lots of fun against Lincoln. But again, Lincoln scored two goals, and um, I know it was a, a weak inside. But uh, again, like the, the, the pattern throughout the season, the season so far, has been Liverpool kind of looking shaky at the back, the odd error, but finding a way to win, and that is. That is what champions are made of, and you and you compare that with City, who who, who were sort of surprised by Leicester, but they didn't have those, um, they didn't have that sort of uh, well of uh, resolve to to, to, to to sort of uh, go to and, and sort of find a way to win and and find leaders, and and, and I think I think if um, if one player epitomizes how Liverpool have been this season so far, it's Robertson in that in that he did make a mistake. He did fuck up. He 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 gifted um he gifted Arsenal a goal, and then straight away remedied it by scoring himself. Like he he was he wasn't sort of going hiding. He he it, it, quite often when when a player makes a mistake they they play it safe. They it, for for like the the rest of the 
the half a little bit like Roy Keane Roy Keane sort of like for, 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 the, for the rest of the show was sort of like was sort of within himself as a pundit and sort of was a, was a bit unsure like like Robertson sort of straight away thought right I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to to sort of make up for what, for the mistake I've made and 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 that's the thing so 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 I think that the most impressive thing with Liverpool so far has been the mental thing um and and this and this this sort of uh phrase which i find a bit nauseating this whole sort of mentality monsters thing like there is a kernel of truth in it there is this idea of like liverpool are going to find a way of winning and 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 that has a multiplayer effect because each of the players start believing that that's true and most importantly the opposition believe that's true and again like the, the narrative for last night could easily have been liverpool dominating the play liverpool having massive possession liverpool having loads of chances and an Arsenal nicking it, or Arsenal sort of uh, um, getting a point, or, or or even a win, but that did not happen. And 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 you get the sense that that is that is the difference at the moment. With City, there's the idea that they probably would have um, lost, or or at least uh, drawn. Whereas Liverpool found a way to win. They got a second wind, and 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 and, and that's the difference. Well, just on on Arsenal, then has not said their side like they're. There was chances for Arsenal. Obviously, the big one was the Lacazette chance where it could have been 2-2 and, and that the, the game is totally different. We've had a chance to see Arsenal under Arteta at the tail end of last season when they looked, you could see they were beginning to grow. Um, obviously, pre-season then, you had the situation with Aubameyang. He's ready to commit to the club, although he did quite enough game last night. Where do you think Arsenal are now um, based on what you've seen so far this season? Uh, I definitely think they're moving in the right direction. I think... Um... It was strange seeing an Arsenal side go to Anfield, given what we've seen in, in years gone by, where they basically capitulated before a ball's even been kicked. And even though last night they weren't the better team at all, Liverpool clearly dominated from start to finish. There was this this feeling that Arsenal, despite the fact they were giving away chances, were a bit more robust than you could see some kind of semblance of a plan from Arteta and they, they were keeping to a basic shape. And I just think that, that's been the big thing that's been lacking with Arsenal for the last few years and that, you know, Arsenal, will, will, without Liverpool having to be very good, would have lost that game. Liverpool uh, last night had to actually put a bit of thought into it, I thought, even though they, they were clearly the better side. And, um, yeah, I think the the thing for me with Arteta is you look, at, you look at the Arsenal side he inherited and the players he had at his disposal. And the first game after, after the, uh, the restart, I think it was away at City, when David Louise made the uh, the errors, and then there was this strange interview after it, where Louise and, and Arteta were both talking about potentially uh, him staying on longer, and he did. And I think everyone saw at that time that as a sign of like how far away Arsenal are from everyone else, and uh, what a lot of work there was to do with them as a football club. But I think the signings he's made, people like Willian and, and the lad at the back they brought in, I think that David Louise actually looks like he's he's, he's playing a part in whatever Arteta's planning. They do seem like they are progressing with those players and I think that's really impressive. I think Carragher said uh, after the game last night, after the uh, the Keenan Klopp episode, that if you look at that group of players, they're, they're probably quite similar to what Klopp inherited at, at Liverpool when he came in. Um, they've got to get into the top four. They're probably not good enough in their own to get into the top four. But with Arteta's plan and his vision and the way he's got them playing and the basic shape they're holding now, they'll pick up points and there's a chance that that alone may see them scrape into the top four. Ruben, on Arsenal, 
where do Lacazette and Aubameyang play like to get the most best out of both of them? Because I was struck last night by Lacazette obviously playing through the middle and he's getting the chances. Aubameyang seemed to be drifting over to the left, um, definitely not playing through the middle. So like, what's Arteta's best? And because like, obviously Sabayas had a big impact on the game when he came on as well. What's his best pick here? So they play a kind of hybrid system where sometimes it's a back five with Maitland-Niles at wing-back, Tierney at left centre-back, and then Aubameyang kind of as like a narrow but also wide forward, like a 3-4-3. And then sometimes Maitland-Niles tucks in and becomes a third central midfielder and it becomes a back four, and then Aubameyang goes wider. And then there's a bit of rotation um, and fluidity between... Lacazette, Aubameyang and whoever is playing that Maitland-Niles role. Sometimes it's Bukayo Saka. So it's not always clear um, how wide or how narrow certain players are meant to be and that changes throughout the games. And it has worked. Like I think in the Community Shield and against Fulham in particular, it works really well and they're really good at getting Aubameyang into that, um, what used to be called the channel and Stats Nerds now called the half space. Um, on the left-hand side of the pitch so that he can kind of shoot at that favoured angle that Thierry Henry used to love. But, and Lacazette, I guess his job is just to play the Firmino role and kind of shove his ass into defenders and bring other players into play and isn't expected to score all the goals. Similarly, at Liverpool, the wide forwards are meant to score all the goals. Aubameyang's meant to do that for Arsenal despite playing on the wing. But I think long-term, they need to get Aubameyang back into the centre, get a better winger, to play on the left and get two new midfield uh, midfielders, I think. So I think it says a lot that El Nenny has walked back into the team because he, wasn't he was he was he not on loan at Besiktas like that? And now just out by default, he's kind of walked back into the team because he's relatively solid and he's not quite as mad as Guendouzi. Um But yeah, I think Thabios and maybe if they sign Thomas Partey, I mean that's that's a link that won't go away, but. I personally can't see happening. Um, and if they get our from Leon, then that would be good. And their midfield would be a little bit better at retaining the ball, a little bit more solid. Um, I don't, I, like, like, um, as, uh, like from a completely impartial United, well, so, sorry, yeah. opposite of impartial. From a United fan's point of view, I really don't want them to get our. I think he could be a massive, like, like genuinely, I think he could be a massive difference maker. Yeah. Uh, like, in, 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 in the same way Bruno has been for United. Yeah, he'd be really good for them. And they'd just be so much better at retaining the ball because, like, you saw yesterday with Xhaka and Elneny, it was as soon as they won it back. Obviously, Liverpool are are really good counter-pressers, but Arsenal were just not very good at building attacks through those two players. So, yeah, like, they need need an upgrade in midfield and and then they need a new winger so that Aubameyang can play his 30s through the middle without having to track fullbacks, basically. Do you, do, you, do, you not, do you not think in terms of um, you mentioned El Nene? Do you not think that 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 gets to the crux of the of the situation at Arsenal at the moment? In that um, he's not he's not the only player who uh, who who kind of looked as if he wasn't really favoured by Arteta, but then he's Arteta's bringing him in to do a job, and 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 there's various players in that in that squad who um, looked as if they were going to leave. Or like it was made very uh, clear that they were available if a, if a decent bid came in, and yet, and yet they start like like mm. I, I know it's a completely different situation from um, Nene, but um, Bellerin like 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 he 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 at one point looked like very likely to go in order to sort of uh, um, 
build up the the, the transfer kit and 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 he's starting and I think I think I, I suppose that that just shows that that um as a whole this isn't entirely um Arteta's team in terms of who he'd like but he's making do at the moment with what he's got yeah well with Elneny definitely um I think Bellerin maybe less so but like it is interesting on that note that like Maitland-Niles didn't play a lot yeah. um for a while and and then he was linked with a move away and then he came back in for the community shield and now he kind of starts a lot more than Bukayo Saka so I think Arteta is just kind of trying to keep everybody happy really while also still putting his best team out but um I think yeah like he is making do at the moment because they definitely need some upgrades which is why what Carragher said yesterday about him squeezing the most out of this Arsenal squad is is probably true like if they get top four, they will have overachieved, and Arteta will deserve a lot of credit. Here's a, here's a question, Ruben. Uh, as uh, as somebody who's uh, not really got a, a dog in a fight, like like United with Ole Solskjaer, um, Lampard at Chelsea, and Arteta at Arsenal. These are all sort of former heroes that have become managers. Out of those three, which one do you think has got most about them, and which one do you think has got is most likely to be successful as a manager? Arteta, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like the other two, the other two are they're they're nostalgia appointments that might work. Whereas Arteta is also appointed partly for his status at Arsenal as a player, but also because well, you know, he's been assistant manager under Pep Guardiola. They've won league titles, and and evidently, despite his lack of experience, you can see it on the pitch. Like they are so much better organized than they were under Emery and his man management seems to be really good and they have a plan and like it's such a low bar but so many managers these days like like Solskjaer and Lampard in particular I watch their teams it's like what is your actual plan like you have an idea of what you want to be but you don't have a method of implementing it whereas Arteta seems to know what he's doing um so yeah I think he'll probably go the furthest out of them three before we leave Arsenal I just want to say I do like how um Awar's name just strikes fear into the heart of Nordin Chowdhury. Every time his name comes up on this pod, it's like he nods us straight in. Jesus, not <laughs> Awar. Anybody but Awar. I just, I just think he's really good. I, I, I know. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not as if like I'm some kind of expert on uh, on 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 uh, the, the the French league or anything, but but like. Sometimes you can see you can see a player in in, in, a, in a in a handful of games and they've just got it, and 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 he he just seems like a class act. He's he's one of those players that um that once he's gone to a club, once he's gone to a major club, uh, the question becomes why didn't we go for him? Why didn't that club go for him? Why didn't that club go for him? Because because he he's just like like I think the only way he could fail would be would be injuries. Basically, I, I just think he's he's. He's that good. He's the he's the monster that could send Arsenal back to where they once were. Which, as we know, with all United fans, this is the latent fear. Forget City, forget <laughs> Liverpool. Like I've realised now, it's Arsenal, isn't it? I think I think for United fans of a certain age, and and, and again, there's other teams. There's like our traditional rivals are, are Liverpool, City, and Leeds, but. Uh, there's, there was that era uh, of Arsenal versus United, which uh, selfishly, like like uh, 
um, I I think was was like perhaps the glory years of the of the Premier League, but obviously that's because my team were competing at the top. Um, but I, I I I just think that the residue of that rivalry always remains. So uh, there's always going to be a little bit of needle and a little bit of fear. Like United fans haven't had it easy at the moment. I, I know it's like poor poor little rich club, but but City being amazing, uh, then Liverpool being amazing. Leeds popping up from nowhere and 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 sort of uh, looking very very good. I cannot wait to watch Leeds beat Man United this year because that's definitely going to happen. It's going to be so. <laughs> I think they might they might actually beat City this weekend. The way things are going, I think oh, the yeah. one team City don't want to play at the minute, um, given they looked absolutely dead on the feet second half of the day, is Leeds. Yeah, that, that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun that game. And then uh, and then you'll just get Arsenal being good as the shitty cherry on top. All right, we're looking ahead. It's uh, it's League Cup again this week, which is which is its third week running. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, Jose Mourinho, Spurs are playing against Chelsea in the League Cup. He's been talking about the difficulties that Jose has in picking his best team to play in the cup. I would like to fight for the for the Carabao, but I don't think I can. We have a game. We have a game on Thursday that gives us. Not as much money as Champions League, but the group phase of Europa League give us a certain amount that for a club like us is very important. Everybody's in contention. Apart of Sony, everybody is, is in contention. But I think you can imagine that with a game on Thursday that decides a very important thing for us. I think the FL, they made the decision for us. They didn't even create us a, a problem. They made the decision for us. So, uh, sympathy for Jose there in his yeah. plight? A little bit. It's, it's hard to have sympathy for, for Jose for a lot of reasons. I think um, watching him at the minute, it's a little bit like, you know when you see a volcano and like it starts to let off a bit of steam and you know the big eruption's coming at some point. There's just a few little signs at this moment in time that, that Jose is working up to something much bigger. But, uh, I mean, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the... The Barbie got in at uh, United scoring after the full-time whistle at the weekend. But having said that, he has got a point. I think it is a little bit ridiculous at this moment in time. And I'm not saying this is a solution to this, but with all that's going on in the world, we're trying to cram in the Carabao Cup. Like that is the one thing this world needs at this moment in time. Um, and the result of that is that Tottenham, I think more than most in this circumstance, seem to have the worst set of fixtures going. Um, so yeah, there is there is a degree of of sympathy for him. I think um, with him, I, I'd almost like gone full circle with him. Obviously, when it, when he left United, I was absolutely sick of him, and then he went away for a while. And you start you start of getting drawn back in when you watch the uh, the Tottenham documentary on on Amazon. And um, I was just starting to to get back on side with him. And then yeah, I, I just don't know. I'm just already starting to get a little bit sick of the moaning, even though he's got a valid point this time. The League Cup, you know, like obviously it's a, it's, I think it's most people's favorite cup competition. Uh, the, it's a lot yeah. better than the FA Cup. Pad, but Paddy, but Paddy, can I just say, do, do you know, like you know, my love of the of the what used to be the UEFA Cup, like like as a as a trophy, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like how ugly is a League Cup? It's got three handles. Why does it have three <laughs> handles? Who's got three hands? Uh. <laughs> It's everything about it. It's the three handles. It's the fact. It's this shitty, weird, fat little thing. 
It's it, it, if it was a foot if it was a footballer, it would be the kind of footballer that people would say he's got a low center of gravity, which basically means short with a fat arse. <laughs> so what, are we saying we we need to just what ditch the league cup this season? Is that is that is that the point here, Sai? I would, yeah. I don't think anyone would miss it at all. It's just, it's just an inconvenience for everyone now. The only reason it's being made to go ahead is because TV money and sponsors. That, that is literally it, and that's the reason that it's not going to be ditched. But to me, if football looked at the bigger picture here, they would see that they cannot possibly play every single football match. You clearly had didn't watch ninety three minutes of uh, Fleetwood Town versus Everton, pal. Uh, I didn't. If you, did, no. <laughs> you would know that this this competition is a special competition. It's about teams building up momentum. It's about not about the top teams. Maybe the mid range teams getting to play every week. Like it's like a kind of a quasi European competition. It feels like ooh, we get to play at the weekends and midweek, and we get a bit of a rhythm going. So there is that for those for those teams. Uh, what do you think, Nas? The beloved. F- Short and stumpy Carabao Cup. I think I think the only people who would miss it would possibly be Sitter. It's I I think of the League Cup in City a little bit like. Do you know when you go to an Indian and and you order a sargalu and it's and 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 that that is basically spinach and 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 potato. And what they do is they stick a load of potato in it so that so as filler. So there's no actual spinach in there. And it's a little bit like that where like City want to sort of pad out their major honours and it just about fits into that category of major honours. So they just win it every year. And, <laughs> and and it's somehow sort of like they can, like, I don't know, uh, Guardiola can say that he's won 37 trophies in the last four years or something, but like 27 of them are League Cups. Joseph has won four of them. They don't have a League Cup equivalent in Spain and Germany, do they? They just have the one cup, like a normal, they have one anywhere? normal country. Uh, they have one in France. They have the Coupe de la Ligue, I believe right. it's called. Um, I wonder what that translates to. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> Probably just Carabao. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, they don't have one in Spain and Germany. So yeah, Pep probably saw this and thought, I can win more trophies, more than you know. What, what, what is a Carabao? It's an energy drink. And it's right. named after an animal, isn't it? Would it be one of the ingredients in a Kermit? <laughs> don't know, mate. Don't know. Zero percent alcohol volume is probably going to root it straight out there. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so, so well, what, Ruben? You've had, you haven't had your, had you had your say in Jose yet? Um. Have you, have you finished the documentary? Yeah. Well, I think so. It's just the nine episodes, isn't it? Okay. Um, uh, are you with, are you with, like, with Sai in terms of your uh, attitude towards Jose? changing over that time uh kind of i don't know i i got really bored by the documentary after like a few episodes um because the novelty wore off but jose loves to complain he will never um reject the opportunity to complain about anything um if it makes if it allows him to shirk responsibility um but to be fair playing tuesday thursday sunday is fucking mental and like nobody should have to do that um but then at the same time he complains that his squad is too big so like, oh, i've got too many players oh, it's just, oh man I, he, I, i've I, I don't like him anymore um not not that i ever did <laughs> you were gonna say did you ever like him no gonna, really. it's, it, it's like it's, it's like you've talked yourself out with out of, out of the whole idea of liking him within that sort of little conversation yeah. with yourself <laughs> but it's just the contradiction isn't it it's like 
oh, we can't possibly play three games in one week. I've got too many players. I, there's not, there aren't enough games to play them in. It's like, well, you know, have, have, have a few more games. But no, in general, um, yeah, sack off the Carabao Cup this year. Pointless. Tim Pot. Nobody wants it. All right. Um, look, at chaps, we're out of time. And it's a pity because we do need to, but we will cram it into the next show. We need to talk about the new handball room. Uh, there's been a lot of chat about that and VAR and where it all kind of... Um, where it all tees up but we'll get that into the next episode we'll be back later in the week on the football spin looking back at some of the League Cup and the beloved Carabao Cup and looking forward to the weekend as well and another packed fixture list so thanks very much to Naz Chowdhury thanks to Siloy thanks to Ruben Pinder and thanks to you for tuning in if you haven't already done so click subscribe and you'll never miss the show good luck I think it would lift the spirits of the nation I don't give a fuck about the nation bro. People's lives are at risk. Ollie Gunner, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.